This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast, brought to you exclusively as always by the good folks at Bet Rivers. Remember, for all of your uh, gambling needs, for all your entertainment needs, just uh, download the Bet Rivers app. It's new and improved. And remember, you can play the Squares game and win up to $10,000 with a wager uh, as little as $10 on the uh, game parlay. So um, the bottom line is great value. Check it out. And, and away we go. All right, we get ready to... And nothing travels like this. It's already week four in the National Football League, uh, and it'll be an interesting one led by the uh, Dolphins and the Bills getting together. Uh, The Bills should be undefeated, but they're not. They have played impressively the last couple of weeks after the loss to the Jets. The Fish uh, have been ultra-impressive so far, and they are one of three unbeaten teams, just three left. After three weeks, the others, of course, Philly and San Francisco, four winless teams, Vikings, Bears, Broncos, and Carolina Panthers. Uh, So we have the Jets in primetime on Sunday night as their saga continues and their uh, craziness uh, continues. We'll get to that in a second. And the Giants will uh, look to even their record at two and two against Seattle on Monday night. Um, I know people are easily uh, taken to the uh, Taylor Swift-Kelsey deal uh, more than they are anything else, but the big news yesterday was Namath. Uh, Listen, I understand I come from a generation that reveres Namath, that understands how big Namath was and is in the history of this game and how big a star he has been. And Namath is... Not a doddering old fool. He no longer drinks. He's in very good shape. He has all his faculties. And he has always understood the game of football. And he has always understood the quarterback position. So when you hear him say that he cannot watch and it's disgusting to have this kid at quarterback and that the even go to the extreme of saying the head coach should go if he backs this quarterback. That's Joe Namath speaking that. That's a guy who is the the face and the history and the legacy of the Jets. He is the most important player in the history of the franchise. And he still carries weight with those statements. At least he should. What he's telling you is obvious. I watch the way this young man is playing the position, and he can't play the position this way. And that's what we've all been telling you for weeks. And I don't know what Sal is up to with this. I don't know why he wants to ride this to his demise. 
I think Douglas has to be above this and bring in a veteran quarterback who can play. Listen, no one's saying that their salvation, that they're going to find another Aaron Rodgers or they're going to find, you know, a top 15 quarterback dropped in their doorstep. No one expects that. But there's a far, far different level from where Zach is right now and where a where an experienced veteran signal caller can take them. Right now you are playing without a quarterback who cannot make the regular plays on plays where he is not pressured, where he is being protected by NFL standards completely adequately. His quarterback rating is 34. He is not mentally or physically prepared right now to play the position. And you know what? I'd like to see the poor kid get out of the crosshairs. Get him off the stage so that he doesn't keep getting beat up minute after minute after minute. Right now, he's standing out there in the middle of the stage, and the show is on. So he's going to get abuse for his abysmal play. Take that away from him and put somebody who can competently play the position. That you can bring in. Someone who you don't have to worry about down after down and get excited when he actually completes a pass for a first down. That's not how this sport is played. But the Jets don't seem to grasp this. You got Woody walking around with some, you know, gold erector set around his neck. I mean, like he's 12 years old. He's a clown. I don't know what's going on with the general manager. And the coach wants to continue to back a guy who can't play. And he has to know he can't play because anybody knows that. And that's why when you see those words from a Namath, you would think they would carry weight inside the organization. But maybe that doesn't even work for this organization. So you know what? On Sunday night, we're going to live with Mahomes on one side and the Kansas City offense on one side and the great Andy Reid on one side and the Jets and their coaching staff and their quarterback on the other side. In prime time, very sad. You know, a couple of things about the first couple of weeks in the NFL. One thing, some of it shouldn't be surprising. So many big quarterbacks are struggling for a variety of reasons. Lawrence is struggling. He is not getting protected well on fewer passing downs, on third and longs. He has not looked crisp like you know he can play. They have just missed some plays that, you know, they came within inches of making, like the Ridley playing on fourth down in the back of the end zone against the Chiefs, which would have sent the game to a two-point conversion. But it's very surprising as they get ready to play in London this week. You know how much their owner loves to play in London. Uh, You're waiting for them to wake up. 
and wake up that offense. Then you have what's going on in Cincinnati, okay? And listen, they wanted to play their star quarterback last night, okay? They felt it was important to play their star quarterback last night. They felt their chance to win was tied to him playing. Because clearly, clearly, if you watched the game last night, he was completely hampered by what we saw. Burrow stood in there. He threw 49 passes. Most of them did not even go 10 yards. Most of them were just check downs and passes that he knew he could get rid of quickly without striding into the ball. He did not stride into the ball more than once or twice, and when he did, he was missing the mark by 10 and 15 yards, and this is one of the more accurate passes in the sport. The calf injury is a big problem for him right now. They finally got chased. You know, these, these wide receivers, these star wide receivers, after two weeks of not getting the ball, they throw everybody under the bus. Brown did it, Philly. Chase did it. Everybody does it. Well, Chase last night, of course, got targeted 15 times. Only once or twice with any clearance. Only once or twice downfield. He made a move and then got a 43-yard pass play down the right sideline, but there was still safety help that kept him from breaking it for a touchdown. 12 receptions, 141 yards, so he had a smile on his face after the game. But that still wasn't any great utilization of his talent, even though he had 141 yards last night. They can do that with him anytime they want. It could take Burrow another six weeks to heal. And if he has a bad moment where he takes a bad step or he tries to run out of the way or harm's way or anything like that, he could wind up seriously injuring his leg. But they're going to run through this because they feel it gives them the best chance to win. And you're going to see him think and dunk the ball down the field, I guess, until he's healthy. And right now he's not. He could not stride into his throws last night at all. And then you have what's going on with the Eagles. The Eagles are 3-0. and They're 3-0 and because they have a defense. They're 3-0 and because they have a great running game. They have a great offensive line, and they can overpower opponents. To say Hurts misses his old offensive coordinator would be the understatement of the season. A lot of people predicted that before the season, that it was going to be a big problem. I said, wait and see. And you know what? They were right. It has been an enormous problem. Their passing game is so bad right now. Their passing game is so off schedule right now. And you look at the numbers and you say, wait a second. You know, he threw for 277 last night. Yeah, but he missed plays all over the field. He had two interceptions. He missed wide open touchdowns. And they are not at all on schedule or in any way confident with their passing game right now. They are playing with one hand tied behind their back, and they will until they get past the days of uh, Shane Steichen, who is now doing a wonderful job with the Colts and already has two wins with them. This guy's a good coach, and he was very important in Hurts' ear, and now he's not there, and you can see the difference in the play. The, the difference in the passing game is dramatic. They're still Hurts is still going to sc- – get the ball down the field every once in a while. He is still going to score his touchdowns. Okay? Last night he ran 10 times for 28 yards. He never broke one. Yes, he's going to have that 
you know, score from the one almost every game, sometimes once, sometimes twice. The bottom line is the Eagles are still not. They're 3-0. and They are very good. They're going to have a very big season. There are three teams above everybody else in the NFC. We know who they are, the, the Eagles, Dallas, and Philly. I mean, the Eagles, Dallas, and San Francisco. But the Eagles haven't even started to unwrap their offense yet because their passing game is awful right now. So you're seeing it with Lawrence. You're seeing it with Burrow. You're seeing it with Hurts. <clears throat> this is a very different year for these quarterbacks right now. And you've seen it a little bit with Mahomes. He didn't have Kelsey one week. That mattered. He's had a lot of drops from guys like Sky Moore and especially from Tony. He doesn't have Hill. He has had a subpar Kelsey, although Kelsey is pretty much back to, you know, he's energized now by his new companion. So he's back to being Kelsey again, although his number. But as we watch those three very prominent quarterbacks, see when they start to really hit their stride because they have not hit their stride even a little bit so far. Not even a little bit. You had some news in the league. Uh, Garoppolo's in the concussion protocol. Richardson remains in the uh, production, uh, in the uh, concussion protocol. But you know what? They can win with Minshew, which they know. I mean, they won with them last week. They beat the Ravens. They're ready two and one. Um, Mike Williams out for the season with an ACL. And Carr, week to week with a shoulder injury, that could probably keep him out two to three weeks. So he hasn't gotten comfortable yet in his new surroundings, and now he's got a shoulder injury to deal with. So again, another prominent quarterback. <clears throat> you, have, you have a lot of quarterbacks struggling right now. And prominent quarterbacks struggling. And young quarterbacks struggling, which you expect. So right now, around the league, you're not getting the level of quarterback play that you expect. But you still have Mahomes out there and still have Josh Allen out there. And two is out there, you know, just loading it up. There's a rumor out there that the Broncos had in the past insulted the Miami head coach, and that's why he went for 70. I don't know if that's true or not. It might just have been that, you know what? He didn't realize that it piled up as quickly as it did. But 70 is a very... Very, very insulting number in every way. In the NFL, it just does not happen. I mean, that is as insulting as it gets. And there's a lot of humble pie for Sean to eat right now. You saw him fighting with his own media. That's going to happen. Sean's a battler. He is not going to back down. He is not going to, you know, have his uh, tail between his legs. But you have two franchises where... Something's got to get better quickly. The 0-3 Broncos at the 0-3 Bears. Fields lost. He's banged up. The coach is lost there. Sean is 0-3 already uh, with the Broncos. Lost two tough games to teams he could have beaten, the Raiders and Washington. Lost both those games and then went and got his, you know, his clock cleaned. 
down in Miami. So he's already sitting there at 0-3 and could be looking at 0-4. The Vikings already benching guys. Listen, I told you before the season started, when I did the preview and did the over-unders with Dog, I took Minnesota as an under, and I said, this is an easy under. Last year, they were 11-0 and in one-score games, and they weren't that good, and they lost a ton of people from last year. It, you knew they were going to back up. I didn't even think they'd be this bad, but they're 0-3, playing at Carolina this week. It's going to be Andy Dalton again. Andy Dalton threw the ball all over a lot last week in, in the loss to Seattle, but he can move the ball. This is not a gimme for the Vikings, and if the Vikings go to 0-4, heads are going to roll everywhere. I know everyone thinks they're going to trade Cousins. I, I think they'll play the string with them. I, I, I guess it could happen, but I, I don't see it happening. Because they're moving the football, and you've got to have someone who can feed Jefferson. Jefferson's going to cause you so much trouble there if you give him nobody to throw the ball. And I know the guy behind them is okay. Mullen's not terrible. But he wants to get his 150 yards every game to be happy. And I'll tell you right now, you don't want him unhappy there with everything else that's going on there. But their season has turned into a nightmare quickly. So is the Bears. So you got 0-3, 0-3. And you're going to have two teams 0-4. Carolina's living through this. They're trying to break in a new quarterback. They're rebuilding. We know that. But if Minnesota goes 0-4, they're already heads are rolling because they're turning the ball over repeatedly. You know, they've moved the ball incredibly easily in their passing game. They just turn the ball over time and time again. They were on the doorstep last week to win the game, and they turn the ball over again. It's happening way, way too much. You have Ryder Cup this week in Italy. We'll spend some time on that, see how much traction it really gets. Usually the Ryder Cup gets a lot of traction. Let's see if it does in Italy this week. We'll talk about that a little later in the week. And again, we're waiting for the Jets front office to do something. They cannot draw this line in the sand. It looks like they have, though. And it's hard to understand why they would be so unbelievably stubborn about this. But this is going to come back and bite them in the rear end. And, you know, Salah has no record to stand on. He, you know, he acts, he walks around and he talks like he's 25 and 12. He's 12 and 25 as a head coach. Tack another terrible season on that, and that record looks awful. That record looks like the guys who wind up back being a defensive coordinator somewhere. He's walking on very thin ice right now. And he's pushing his chips into the middle of the table, and he's got no hand. Emails when we return. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Remember, go to the Bet Rivers app for all of your uh, gambling needs, whatever it may be, uh, whatever action you're looking for, uh, college football, Ride a cup, you look for it, go to the app, download it, and they'll have everything you need right there. They're the exclusive uh, sponsors of the Mike Francesa podcast. Remember, to send your emails, go podcast at gmail.com. 
With the, this is Joe, with the recent additions of the 17th game, the weekly Thursday night games, the upcoming Black Friday games, the occasional doubleheader on Monday nights, do you feel that there is an oversaturation of the NFL? The NFL has a product. They continue to get top dollar for their product. Until they don't, they will continue to dispense it like Pez. Okay, remember Pez when you were a kid? People might not know what that is, but the bottom line is they are dispensing it like they can't, like the people can't get enough of it. And so far, they can't. So until, until they put out a package and nobody bites, that hasn't happened yet. Until it happens, they're going to keep selling it and they're going to keep spreading it. And Goodell's theory is, you know what? I want everybody's DB dates. I want the NBA's Christmas days. I want college football's days. I want this. Now, remember, there's certain things he can't do in college football or high school football that is protected by Congress. There's certain things he can't do. He can't flood the market until the college football season and the high school season's over on Friday and Saturday. He cannot do that. They never play Friday, but unless it's this year, they're going to play on Black Friday. But the bottom line is they don't play on Saturday until everything's shut down. That's only the last two weeks of the season that they really uh, take over Saturday morning, uh, Saturday afternoons. Um, but until somebody says, hey, you know what? I'm not interested. And they can't get somebody to buy it. They're going to keep putting it out there. Mike uh, says, uh, I know you haven't always been Cole's biggest fan, but it seems like he's really living up to his contract. What are your thoughts? I cannot knock anything about his performance this year. He's been highly professional. He's gone out and done a very good job. I have a higher set of standards for him. I expect him to win big games. I expect him to win playoff games. He can't do that this year. So he can't impress me this year. If he goes and wins the Cy Young, fine. But you know what? I'm not that worried about that. So I don't care what his ERA is. I don't care uh, whether or not, you know, he leads the league in two or three statistics or not. I don't really care. He can do that, and that's fine. All right? The thing I want him to do is I want him to be there when the games have to be won, when they need the big performance in a big spot. That's what I want out of him, okay? I'm not worried that he, you know, uh, you know, leads the league in whip or leads the league in ERA or leads the league in strikeouts. I'm not worried about that. What I'm worried about is I'm winning the big game when the big game is on the line. He can't do that this year. So I have no issue with him for this year. He's performed very, very admirably. He and Judge have both performed very admirably uh, this year. Uh, Judge has been brilliant when he's played. Um, Now, Judge acts like he's going to be part of building the team. I have my ideas. You know what? I have never heard I never in the past heard players say that. And to me, I'm not saying that they can't ask a player his input, who is part of the franchise, but the idea now you want judge making the decisions as to who should stay and who should go, give me a break, please. That's why you have a front office. They, you know what? The modern player has way too much power. They get way too much money, and they have way too much power. That's the bottom line. 
So I don't want to hear, you know, I have a lot of things I, I, I you know, I, a lot, you know, hey, your job is not to judge the other players. Your job is to just play and lead. That's fine. Do your job to the highest level. You do that, no complaints. Lead, be there in the big game. That's your job. Your job is not to cut the roster. So I, I think it has gotten uh, past where it needs to go from that standpoint. I really do. But, hey, that's, that's modern sports. It really is. And these guys do it in the other sports, so they figure, hey, let me do it in baseball too. Can you remember such a blah Yankee season where it's coming to an end and nobody cares? No. And I'll tell you this. I have disliked this Yankee group now for years. For years. I hate the configuration of this team. I hate the way they built it. I hate the plan they used to build it. I hate the core. I hate everything about it. So if they blew it up and started over, I would be the happiest guy in in the place. Uh, Ben asks, what do you think of uh, Mac Jones? He's learning the position. He's growing as a player. So I think he shows promise. Jack, I agree Sal is not a good head coach and has given us cause for concern. However, why does the general manager always seem to get a pass? Good question. His leadership needs to be felt here. Okay. Now, Sal kind of punted when he said, hey, this is the quarterback I have here. If they give me another quarterback, that's up to the general manager. That's basically what he said. You know what? General manager needs to give him another option and give him another option quickly. And if they don't have another option in the building today, if I were the owner, the general manager would be explaining to me why he doesn't. I didn't say a salvation, okay? I understand it's very easy to say, well, if I can't get Cousins, I don't want any quarterbacks. Or if I can't get this guy, I don't want any quarterbacks. Well, you know what? That's not what has to happen here. Don't wash this season down the drain after three weeks. Get a player who can play the position confidently in here. Right now, you have a guy who cannot play dead. He is a complete zero at the position. And I hate keep saying this. You know what? This guy, I feel bad for the kid. But you know what? He is standing in the middle of the stage, so you have to react to him. There's no way around it. I hope he gets off the stage so that he gets out of the crosshairs. Uh, Andy, have you ever seen a weirder, more productive year than that from Schwaber? Uh, never thought I would live to see the day when a guy who hits below 200 leads off for a playoff team. He is the classic, classic player who just has strengths and obvious, obvious weaknesses. Okay, but he brings a unique a very, very unique skill set to the game. And I, I desperately, desperately wanted him as a uh, Yankee. I, I thought he would have been a tremendous, tremendous positive for the Yankees, okay? I don't care that he bats 197. I really don't. Now, 
would I like him to see him? Would I like to see him bat higher? Yes. I would definitely like to see him bat higher. No question about it. But he's got a 350 on base percentage. He's got 125 walks. He's got 100 RBIs and he's got 45 home runs. He's got 105 runs scored. What you're getting out of this guy is sensational. Would you like to see his batting average be 250? If this guy's batting average is 250, he is going to be unbelievable. Because you could add another 25 or 30 runs scored, another 25 or 30 RBIs. You know, that's just the way it is. Do I care that he has struck out 200 times or more? No. This is a very unique player. But when you're getting, a, when you're getting 125 walks, a 350 on base percentage, okay, you're getting a very solid slugging percentage. Which you know, you got 45 homers, you got 100 RBIs out of a leadoff man, you got 105 runs scored out of a leadoff man, and 125 walks to go with 45 homers. You are getting everything you need out of this player. He is a uniquely important player. And in the playoffs where home runs wins, he is an incredibly powerful performer. I have always been a big fan of his. I thought he would have been a perfect Yankee. I thought he would have assaulted Yankee Stadium. I always wanted him. And he is a very talented slugger. Matt in Huntington. Kurt Warner had a 9-4 career postseason record and played uh, very well in all three of his Super Bowl appearances. He didn't have longevity. What is your assessment of his career? My assessment of his career is he jammed 15 years into half that. He accomplished what a guy prays to accomplish in 15 years. So he didn't have the 275 TD passes, and he didn't you know, win 140 games as a starter. What he did was impact the sport dramatically, which is what Hall of Fame players do. He won MVPs. He won postseason Super Bowl MVPs. He took his team to the Super Bowl. He led and he played brilliantly in big games. He's a Hall of Famer and he is a memorable, memorable quarterback. And he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame despite how short his career was. What he jammed, he jammed 15 years into a much shorter career. He was a terrific player and a terrific quarterback. We'll see you down the road. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.